I'm back. Creating a routine, getting that consistency, being disciplined. Yeah, it's hard, especially when it comes to reading the Bible. Oh, you expected it to just be easy? I've given you legit strategies in the last two episodes mentally and physical actions you can take. And today I'm dropping four, yes, four more strategies to get your Bible reading routine back. Today's strategies all start once you open the Bible. So if you're one who has always said you don't understand or you don't know where to start or you never remember what you read, stay tuned. Open up the notes in your phone, grab a pen and paper. This next 20 minutes is just for you. Welcome to His Word, My Walk, where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, Christian mentor and life coach. For the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's Word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. All right, y'all, we are still on this train. I swear, I've been giving you my top strategies around building up that consistency in your routine, that discipline you've desired, that time with God in his word. If you've been struggling to have a consistent routine for reading the Bible, then well, first let me say good job. See, the fact that you're struggling means that you're trying. It means you haven't given up. It means your desire is there. The struggle actually validates your want. And I'm not even joking. If you take the strategies I have given in the past two episodes and the ones coming up today and you genuinely put them into practice in your life, you will reach that consistency and you will experience incredible growth with God. And the only reason I know that is because I did it. Like, for real, that's a guarantee. Motivation isn't enough. A desire isn't enough. And I really, really want to isn't enough. You already know this. You've been through this before in other areas of your life. You know the drill. In part one, I gave you three mindset shifts you can make. In part two, I gave you not three, but actually four actions you can take to build that habit. Actions that are scientifically proven to create consistency. And I shared with you exactly how to implement them into your life. And today... This part, I'm coming at you with three strategies you can put into your actual Bible time. Like once you sit down and open the book, which you know by now is not just a book. Today, I'm hitting you with my top tips of understanding and building up that consistency in your time with God truly through reading his word. So let's jump right into this. Number one, the first thing I'm encouraging you to do as you open your Bible, literally the first thing is this, invite God in. I know, I know, this may sound like it's just automatic. I mean, obviously God's there. I'm sitting down with his word. Yes, you are 100% correct. And there's just something about a relationship and a conversation when there's an invitation there. When you begin a conversation, when you're welcomed into it, when you're invited, something is different for both parties involved. You've probably experienced situations in your life before, whether you're in a group setting or maybe even a one-on-one setting and the other person is just talking away, (laughs) maybe even talking about you or what you do or what you can or will do. They're maybe even complimenting you, but you can't get a word in. It feels like you're not even part of the conversation, even though you're the main point of the conversation. Well, I think I sometimes make God feel like that. 
I know I used to in the past for sure. And I don't even know how this came about in my life, but it's seriously one of the things I do all the time now and encourage those I help to try too. I invite God into the car with me when I'm heading out to run a bunch of errands. I invite God into a tough conversation I'm about to have with someone else. And to be honest, this small step is more for me to recognize that I have invited him in than it is for him. The invitation reminds me that he is there, that he is speaking, and to give him that space to speak to. Remember, the basis of everything you do with the Lord is your relationship with him. So as you sit to read his word, try inviting him in. Here's the other side of that. When you intentionally invite God into this conversation that you're about to have with him, it sets the tone for the conversation that is about to take place. I have found that once I started to actually invite God into the time I spend with him in his word, not only did he meet me in there, but I recognized him. I heard his voice. I saw him through the scriptures so much more clearly because now I know for sure that he's there because I invited him in there. This may seem silly to you. This may seem juvenile. This may seem unnecessary. And that's okay if you think that. I'm speaking and giving you guidance from my own personal experience. I'm sharing with you what I have really noticed changed and helped me, not only in my relationship with God to help it grow, but my time with him in his word, my ability to sit and read the Bible every day consistently and enjoy it and understand the words and hear his voice and know. All I'm encouraging you to do is give it a try. I know the Bible is God's word. I know his word is alive. I know God is real. I know I have a relationship with him. I know he is alive. I know he speaks to me. And with all that, there are times I look at his word, the Bible, separate from him speaking to me like while I'm out for a hike. But the thing is, he's the same God. I might not be making perfect sense to you. I'm just trying to put into words what I think in this wild mind of mine sometimes. Like, God I talk to when I'm praying. God I worship through music. God I hear from out on those walks I take seeking his guidance. He's the same God who speaks to me when I read the Bible. He's the same God who literally breathed every word of it. And as many times as I tell myself the Bible is not just a book, and as much as I know that, there's still something in me that picks it up like a book and reads it like a book and doesn't put two and two together that these words are the same words spoken by the same God. So when I sit down, open the Bible, and invite God into this conversation I'm about to have with him, it all tends to be so much more real for me. And that little simple strategy has helped me grow. So there. That's why I'm sharing it with you, because maybe your mind works a little bit like mine sometimes. All right, let's keep on keeping on now that you've opened his word and invited him into this time you're about to spend with him. Number two, drop the hindsight. This right here is a game changer when it comes to understanding the words, the stories, the history, the Bible. And you know what? When you understand, when you're excited about what you're reading, you want to keep going, right? Get present with the people. Get present with the times. Get present with exactly where they are at and what's going on in their world. One of the things I tell those I mentor and coach is this. Stop reading with hindsight. Like, spoiler alert, Jesus dies, right? He's crucified. He is 
buried. He is raised from the dead and he now sits at the right hand of the Father. Of course you know that. And that is the best news of your entire life. What I want to encourage you to do when you read the Bible is to get present with those you're reading about. Get present in their lives. When going through the Gospels, when reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and reading all about the life of Jesus, get present with the disciples and with the people. If you can get rid of the hindsight that you're reading with now, or get rid of the foresight as you're reading, whichever of those words really makes sense to this statement, then please do that. Get present in the text. Can you really put yourself there with the disciples? Following this man who you believe is the Son of God, the Messiah, giving up everything to follow him, being by his side for three years and witnessing all that he did firsthand, and he's really about to die? About to leave you? People are really trying to kill him? See, if I read without knowing what's about to happen, I understand Peter a little bit more. I may have cut someone's ear off too. If you're with the disciples, no foresight, no hindsight, and you hear Jesus in John 6, 53. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. What goes through your mind? You seriously keep following him? You fully believe those words? You know someday that really is about to happen. See, when we read that verse today, our minds automatically go to bread and wine. But when Jesus said that to the disciples, he had not yet brought out the bread and wine saying, this is my body and this is my blood. Going through the book of Genesis, Exodus, and now even Leviticus, if y'all have been here for a while, you probably know I've been in all those books for like the most part of this year. That's crazy. Man, good thing I don't feel like I have to read the entire Bible in one year to be a good Christian, right? But anyway, being in the text, being there with them, Moses, the people coming out of Egypt, now sacrifices. Let's go even more simple. We often read Noah's Ark the way we remember it in the coloring books from Children's Church. The fact that I just said we read Noah's Ark like that's the title of a standalone story without even realizing what it really was like in history in that time. God gave Noah instructions. Nobody else. God told Noah to build this structure. God told Noah water was going to rain down from the heavens and flood the earth. But up until that point, the ground was all watered from beneath. Water had never come from above. A boat had never existed. A flood had never happened. So of course people thought Noah was crazy. See, when you can get rid of the hindsight, you can get into the history and you can see God more clearly, which means you are hearing him more clearly. Remember, this is his word. And there's just something about feeling for the people. Remember, these aren't characters in a fiction novel or in a movie. These are people in history. Bonus tip right there. Pet peeve of mine. Bible characters. These are not characters. Okay, let's keep going. The third strategy is probably the most relevant in my life. Well, they all are. And the reason I can even give you these strategies is because they really are real to me. See, I'm, I'm not here giving you what I've read in a textbook, although I do use those skills I learned earning that second degree study in the Bible. I do use those skills all the time when it comes to interpretation and understanding further and studying. But my deepest desire with these three episodes is to give you the strategies I know work. And I know they work because I've use them myself and continue to use them myself to keep the consistency and the joy in spending time with God in his word, the Bible. Okay, the third strategy is this, be 
curious. Y'all, I am so curious. I always have been. Not really in a mischievous way, but I ask a lot of questions. Well, in settings that I feel safe. I like to do research. I like to know the facts. I'm curious. When it comes to the Bible, I am curious. And this is something I've had to really allow to come through in my relationship with God. Because as much as I'm a curious person, I also like to know the facts and know the truth. I like to understand. I like to study. I mean, that's part of why I got that extra education studying the Bible, right? But it all stems from this curiosity I have. So currently, I'm reading through Leviticus. Well, actually, I just spent an entire week in Psalm 23, and I'm like mind blown with how the Lord has been speaking to me and showing me fresh understanding with a chapter of the Bible I have heard, taught, and repeated, and all the things since before I even knew him as my Lord and Savior. So that's been super cool. But back to Leviticus, going through understanding all the sacrifices and offerings, this offering for this sin, this offering for that sin. Here's the process of how you do the offering. If you're a regular community member, this is what you sacrifice. But if you're a leader, it's this. If you're a priest, it's this. And here's the process. I know some people struggle through the Old Testament and I'm over here loving it. Why? Honestly, for two reasons. One, I'm putting myself there. I'm trying to be in their shoes, not read with hindsight. I'm trying to really imagine what it was like. And two, I'm super curious. Like, how long did people have to wait in line for their sacrifice? How many could the priest process in a day? See, these are questions I ask and even write in my journal. Now, when it comes to curiosity, oh, before I say this, there's actually one more reason I actually love the Old Testament. I love to put myself in their stories, but also realize who I am now. With such a grateful heart, there's this almost relief, but I feel relief in the most reverential way. Because of God's love for me, because he sent his only son, Jesus, to live on earth, to be crucified and die for my sins once and for all, I don't have to go through all that. I can truly press pause in this microphone right now and talk to God, ask him for forgiveness and know he hears me and forgives me right here, right now. It's so eye-opening to me to see the love of God for me when I read the Old Testament. Okay, so when it comes to curiosity, y'all, I'm jumping all over the place today. <laughs> but here's the key with curiosity in the Bible. You have to be okay with not always getting the answer. That right there is the kicker. You have to be okay with not always getting the answer. There are some questions you ask that you could go research. There are some questions you can find theologians who have written other books and study notes about. And let me just say, there's a lot of checking of sources when you go that route to know which are really true. But just know your curiosity is a powerful tool in your relationship with God. And it will also push you to simply trust his word as it is even more. So my friends, and well, probably you too, know this about me and know how much I love God's word. So often I'll get a phone call with a question or a DM with a question, and I love that. So please feel free to send me questions you have at any time. Now, just to prepare you, I'll probably give you my standard response, which is the same response I feel like God gave me. So I just accept it now for myself and, and share it with others too. Here it is. And just last week, my best friend who has committed to going through the book of Genesis lately, she called me and was like, okay, I have a question. And then she went on with her thoughts and curiosity is really what it was. I gave her my standard response, which is this, keep 
reading. (laughs) No joke, about 15 minutes later, she texted me a verse in chapter 6 of Genesis with the mind-blown emoji and laughed, saying, now I know why you always say keep reading. (laughs) So, so, so many times God will answer your question coming up in the next verses, in the next chapter. Just keep reading. Don't let your curiosity stop you in your tracks. Remember, this is a relationship you have with God, and this is a conversation you are reading His Word. You don't go to dinner with someone. They tell you something. You're curious. Have a question about what they just said, so you cut the dinner short and walk away. No, you keep talking, hoping they will explain, right? And even if they don't explain completely to your satisfaction, the relationship doesn't end. You know how many stories my grandparents told me about growing up, about their lives, about going to war? Stories that I didn't fully understand. Stories I would ask the weirdest questions about. And if I didn't get a complete answer that I thought would stop my curiosity, did I walk away? No. Shoot, more times than not, I would say, can you tell me the same story again? And then as I matured, I would understand a bit more. Yet then I would be curious about something else. See, this is actually how a relationship works. It's how we grow. Curiosity is a great thing, especially when you're reading God's word. And finally, because yes, I have one more strategy for you. And just to put it out there, that means I've given you 11 strategies to build back your Bible time consistency in the last three weeks. Now it's on you to take action. It takes work. It takes effort. All relationships do. The love is real. The desire is real. Now walk the talk, okay? You know how people may come to a pastor and want marriage counseling and the pastor is like, were you there for the seven-week series we just taught on marriage and relationships? Like, yo, I gave you all the strategies right there. That's kind of how I think I may feel about these episodes. The strategies are right here and available to you. It's time for you to take action. All right, last one. And it's an easy one, super easy one, yet still one we often don't do. And that is this. Number four, turn the page. When you're spending time with God in his word and you're trying to build up the habit and the consistency in this, read his word and turn the page. Pick a book and read it start to finish. Where should you start? Wherever God is leading you. And if you don't know the answer to that, I will suggest the book of John. John chapter 1. And when you finish John chapter 1, flip to John chapter 2. And when you finish John chapter 2, turn to John chapter 3. Simply turn the page and keep going. And here's why. It just makes sense. (laughs) You don't start off a Netflix series by watching 15 minutes of episode 5 and then 2 minutes of episode 1 and then jump to 7 minutes of episode 7 and expect yourself to understand or even keep going, right? So why with God's word? Okay, Kayla, well, if that's the case, shouldn't I start in Genesis, like on page one, and read the Bible cover to cover that way? Well, fun fact that may blow your mind, the Bible as we read it today is not put together in chronological order. So there's that. (laughs) And also, each book has a theme, a purpose. So what I'm encouraging you to do is pick one book and go start to finish. The reason I suggest John is because the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the books which tell the life of Jesus. Christ. The whole life of Jesus Christ here on earth, start to finish, to rose again, to eternity, seated at the right hand of the Father. Let me throw that in there because, well, there is no finish, right? Besides what he did on the cross, it, that is finished. Turning the page is what actually kept me going. Remember when I said in previous episodes, when I finally committed, like really committed to reading the Bible every day back in 2017, I read one chapter per day. The book of John is 21 chapters, so in three weeks, I finish that. Then what? Well, 
If I felt the Lord leading me elsewhere, I would go, but I actually just turned the page to the book of Acts. On my 13th day of reading Acts, so chapter 13, I was introduced to Paul. So now I'm getting invested into the life of Paul. He's the main guy of the time now. After Acts, I was so invested daily in what was happening with Paul that I just, yep, I turned the page. Now I'm reading in the book of Romans, which Paul wrote. And just FYI, Paul wrote 13 books of the New Testament. So y'all, there I was, just turning the page. By the time I was reading Paul's letters to the Ephesians, to Timothy, to Philemon, I was just in it. I felt like I knew all there was to know about Paul. I knew his heart. I understood his fight. I got his frustrations, all because I simply turned the page every day. I have truly given you so much in this series. I don't even know how to recap it all. To be honest, these three episodes, so a total of 60 minutes, one hour can literally change everything for you. Let me leave you with this. You won't remember everything you read. You just won't. So if that's still a thought in your mind, you have the authority to tell yourself and anyone who is continuing that thought to take a hike. You won't remember everything you read. That's not the point. Y'all know anti-life is the life for me these days. My niece and nephew are so incredibly special to me. When Liv was two and then Nixon was born just before she turned three, I lived with them for a year and a half. And when I say lived with them, I was like all in. Diapers, food, cleaning, fun, nap time, playtime, school drop-offs, doctors, like all of it, completely hands-on. You know what is so wild to me now? I even actually like joke about what jerks they are because of this. Now that they are nine and six, they have no memories of me living there with them. Like what? All those hours coloring, the crafts, the fun anti-times, the cuddling, the hairdoing parties, the games, none of it. They have no recollection. I'll try to pull out videos, but they don't remember. Seriously, jerks, right? But here's what I had to learn. Although they don't actually remember those moments, they fully feel and know that our relationship is special. Our relationship is set apart. Our relationship is something beyond the rest. Our relationship is like an extra, it has like this extra oomph to it. And that right there is how I want to encourage you when it comes to your time with God in his word. This relationship you have with him is always growing as you spend time together. You may not remember all the details, but that doesn't mean the relationship isn't growing. Remember that last series I did? Yeah, I'm not God. I'm not even like God. He is not upset with you like I was at the realization that my niece and nephew don't remember those times we spent together. He is perfect in his love. I still have some work to do with mine. Look, You have the tools. You have the strategies. The only question I have left to ask you is this. Will you use them? Thank you for joining me this week. My prayer is that this episode was able to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and challenge your body. The His Word My Walk podcast is here to serve you. So if you haven't already, you can check out more of my programs and services at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kayla Praise. If you could do me a quick favor and leave a written review in your listening app, I would really appreciate it. I'll see you next time.